Welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast, where we believe that the grace of God is yours to live. It is our prayer that this message will help you experience God's freedom, live your potential, and make the impact you were created for. Now here's the message. Well, good morning, everyone. It's great to be here. Uh, Last week, we started a series called blessed and we were talking about what it means to live a blessed life and and that word is often thrown around Uh, many times we see it on social media there's a hashtag that kind of gives us a little bit of insight of what people are thinking about when they think about their own life being blessed and so they'll they'll mention for themselves you know at the best vacation spot I've, I've always wanted to be at with my family hashtag blessed and they'll leave for us to see this idea of what they've received as a blessing. And we kind of clarified last week that, that all of us kind of love receiving. All of us do. More than giving in some ways because the truth of it is all of us love to receive a gift card or a gift certificate or cash or a bonus. But Jesus says this powerful statement and it's something that we have to wrestle with and really come to an agreement with if we're going to live how he lives and think how he thinks. And he says this, it is better to give than it is to receive. And I said last week that we all have to kind of process whether or not we actually believe that. Because it's a nice, it's a nice thought, but it'll just stay kind of a nice thought unless we process it and make it our own. And today I want to talk about a greater way of being a blessing in the lives of people and living a life of blessing. I want to talk about growing your world. If you need a title today, it's called Growing Your World. I want to go to Proverbs chapter 11. In fact, today is going to be a gold mine of Proverbs for you. All the scriptures from Proverbs, except maybe like one, I think. So how many of you like Proverbs? That's how my mom used to punish me. Go, go read the Proverbs. Oh, man. So I, I became wise unintentionally through punishment, uh, but it was a good discipline. So uh, that's good for your, for your kids. Punish them by making them read wisdom. And uh, find wisdom that has to do with the stupid thing that, that they just did. And that'll be even better for them because then they'll realize even God thinks that was a stupid decision, right? <laughs> Proverbs chapter 11 says, The world of the generous gets larger and larger. And the world of the stingy, come on, look at somebody and say, don't be stingy. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. We clarified what that word blessed means last week. That it means to, be, to, to have a sense of envy about your life. Where people say, God, I wish I had his life. Where it means to be happy. It means to be fortunate. It means to, to truly be happy. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. And those who help others are helped. In other words, there's the sowing and reaping principle of what I'm giving out, God is bringing back into my life. We're talking about being blessed and growing your world. Let's think about for a second what it means when I say your world. Because I literally want everyone here today to think about your individual, specific, unique world. And when I say your world, I want you to think what makes up your world. What makes up your world when it comes to your gifts, your talents, uh, what it is that, that you do, your kids, your, your marriage, your life, your upbringing, everything that it kind of encompasses you, what's attached to you, what finances are attached to you, what resources are attached to you, what relationships are attached to you, everything that encompasses your world and all that God has blessed you with. I want you to hold that thought for a second. Think about growing 
that world. And what scripture says here is that that world can become larger and larger if we're generous. That means the kids that I'm attached to, they can become larger thinking kids, generous thinking kids. It's not just give me, give me, give me. It's how can I be a blessing? How can I make a difference? Years ago, I was um, in somebody else's world. There was this couple of guys, and they were trying to do a business deal. And there was a guy who owned a restaurant. And as, as he was trying to get rid of this restaurant, he'd, he'd had it for a while, and he just wanted to get out from under it. And uh, it was an independently owned restaurant, and he wanted to just sell it off. And he had employees, he had staff, he had all kinds of stuff. And a buyer came in, a potential buyer came in and just started talking to him. And they were talking for about an hour. And after about an hour, they kind of said, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this again next week. And it was kind of like a preliminary meeting before, before a potential deal. And um, what happened here just, just kind of blew me away. I've never forgotten this. Um, the guy that was selling the restaurant gets up from his seat, shakes the hand of the guy that's the potential buyer. Literally, it's going to be hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars to get this restaurant out from under this guy. And the guy who owns the restaurant gets up and says, all right, all right, well, we'll, we'll talk again and I'll send you the paperwork and show you the, some, of, some of the financials and we'll just, we'll pick up again next week. Uh, before you go, let me just check you out here for your coffee. And the guy who's the potential buyer looks at him and goes, <laughs> that's funny. All right, email me, man. And he goes, no, 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 hang on, hang on. You, you, you gotta, let me just check you out here. You got to pay for your coffee. Are you following me here? Some of you are still kind of lost. Like, what are you talking about? The, the potential buyer is being charged by the cheapskate for, it wasn't even a full coffee. It was an espresso. Like the little mini ones. Which is about, you know, a $2 shot. And... The guy literally looks at him and says, are you kidding me? And then he used language that I can't use in church today. And he said, are you kidding me? Are you serious about this? He goes, yes, you need to pay for your coffee. You know, it's the right thing. And he goes, are you kidding me? He said, okay, tell you what, the deal's off. If this is what I have to deal with, and I'm the potential buyer, I can't imagine what the rest of the deal is even going to be like. Isn't that crazy? See, the world that he lived in was revealed when he withheld generosity for a $3 cup of coffee. And this businessman from a larger world didn't want to bother with this guy's small-mindedness. He didn't want anything to do with it. In fact, he said, you know, it's not even worth my time and emotions and energy to put in trying to wrangle and wrestle and argue with you about pennies on the dollar. If this is what it's going to be, I'm going to, I'd rather lose the deal. It was a missed opportunity for us that when we see it, it's kind of easy for us to see, right? It's easy for us to see. But here's what is hard to see. I wonder what other opportunities this guy missed in his own life because he's the exact same way with his wife. Or he's that way with his employees. Or he's that way with his kids. Or he's that way with his neighbors. Or he's that way with his friends. Or he's that way in the way he does business. I just wonder if that same cheap mentality of, I've got to at least get a few bucks out of this guy in case this million dollar deal works out, doesn't work out. I can't be generous with a cup of coffee. I'm going to have to get what I can right now. I wonder what other opportunities he can't see that he missed in his life. And that he's been missing his whole life. See, generosity is not just a moment. A lot of times we think, well, generosity is a moment. It's just a moment. It's an act or an action. No, I want, to, I want you to think bigger than that when it comes to your world. Generosity is a world in itself. It's not just a moment. It's not just an act. It's a world in itself. It's a way of seeing 
And it's a way of thinking. It's a way of living your life. And when you think about your world and how it's impacted, think about this scripture. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. And the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. That guy's world got small real quick. He went from a potential sale of that restaurant being out from under it to no buyer just like that with a stingy act in his life. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed and those who help others are helped. So here's the lie that we're, we're, faced, we're, we're faced with. Getting everything that you want in life is what's going to make you happiest in life. Getting everything you want, everything going your way, everything going in your favor, everything coming into alignment with what you've planned, what you've prayed, what you've hoped, what you've dreamed, what you've thought, what you worked for, what you studied for, everything, that is what's really going to make you happy. And Jesus said, you know, actually, it's not what you receive that's going to make you happy. It's what you give that's going to make you happy. See, here's the truth. God wants to enlarge your world. He wants to enlarge it bigger and broader and make you an example of generosity to people here on the earth. In your family, in your, in your circle, in your world, God wants you to be the shining light and the shining example. I'll tell you what, it has nothing to do whether or not you have a million dollars in the bank or you have two nickels in the bank. It has everything to do with whether or not you believe God has placed you on this earth to be generous. And if you actually believe, it is better to give than it is to receive. Have you ever been around a small-minded person or in a small-minded environment where, where you walk in and, 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 and people just have small thinking? I'm not talking about, you know, people who don't agree with, with your politics or don't agree with the way you see life. And now I'm, I'm really talking about the way they interact with each other because there's a limitation and there's a cap and there's a ceiling on the way they think. And, and, and if you don't know whether or not people are thinking small, it usually comes down to these two things. Small thinking people or small minded environment usually comes to people who are always talking about, number one, their problems. You notice that? People are like, ah, okay, now I know who you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not talking about they had a bad day or, man, they're having a rough season or they're going through a rough season. I'm talking about the essence of who they are is negative. The essence of who they are is contentious. The essence of who they are is seeing the worst in the environment, seeing the worst in the business, seeing the worst in the economy, seeing the worst in the world. There's like a veil or a, or a shroud a covering their ability to see. So they're constantly talking about people. It's always somebody else, you know, you know this job, this church, the, the, you know, my last church was this, my last job was that, I made more money over there. They're just a contentious, discontent spirit about them. It's small thinking. And then the other thing is, if they're not talking about their own problems, then they're talking about other people. They come into work, and they're talking about the boss. They come into the work, and they're talking about, you know, HR, and whether they don't like HR just established. For, and what they're talking about this, and they're talking about that person and this person. And you find out that if you really sum up all your conversations with them, it always comes down to those two things. Or something really surface. They have a small world. A very, very small world. Which means they're small thinking. Which means they're probably not living from a generous mindset. 
This is something that I think drove me in my late 20s. It's something I really got a hold of. I noticed it before, but it's something I really got a hold of because I realized my soul needed nourishment. I didn't always, wasn't always a pastor, right? So I wasn't always environment, environments where, where uh, the thinking was larger, the thinking was godly. I had to battle small thinking. And this is something that drove me in my late 20s to really start leaning into a connect group. Because I needed to have nourished, healthy, God-centered conversations that have something to do with purpose and God's purpose for my life and God's purpose on the earth. There's only so many times you can talk about football. And there's only so many times you can talk. Some of you are like, no, you can always talk about football. What's the matter with you? But at some point, you've got to move beyond sports and surface talk because we're dealing with real things. And this drove me to start looking at people differently and really realizing, who are the people in my world? Who are the people I'm surrounded by now? Why have I intentionally said yes to hanging out with this person all the time? They're not evil. They're not bad. They're just small thinking. They're not going anywhere in life. They have no desire for God. They have no desire for life. They probably would trade me in for, you know, a pair of Spurs tickets. I'm that much of a friend to them. It's, the, you know, be, be discarded with me. Like, why am I really around these people? And that drove me to start looking for conversations and looking for relationships to join a team in church, to be able to serve, to serve with people. Then I go to lunch with them. Then we get to know each other. And then before you know it, we're best buds. Then you meet them in church and you marry them. And then you start a church with them. And then you just... It's your story, Kayla. It happened. I noticed people were talking about everything other than good. Look what Philippians 4 says. Ah, I, I tricked you. There's, a, there's a, not a Proverbs, it's a Philippians. F- fi- this one got added at the last, last stage here. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Here's the point I'm trying to make. Growing your world is learning how to think on the right things. Your mind thinks about things Every single minute of every single hour of every single day. Anybody like you, 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 you find yourself going to bed and you don't even know why you check social media. But now you're all engaged in it. And then it goes from one video that you watch to another video that's really hostile, to a video of a cute baby, to a video of sports. And then before you know, you've been scrolling for 30 minutes. What on earth have I been doing for 30 minutes of my life? And you spent your life. Did, did anything you just fill your life with help you to think on things that are enlarging your world? Come on, we're, we're all there. Like we find ourselves distracted and sucked into the negative, sucked into the distractions. And here's where we can be intentional. We can learn how to think on the right thing. See, a small life, a small-minded mentality, small thinking relationships are nothing to shoot for in life. God has something greater that he's trying to create us for and establishes for. Something far different than a small-minded life. Something far different than the people who are complaining about life always and about the job and it's this person's fault and that person's fault and this negative thing and that cynical thing. When was the last time 
you actually gave some thought, some time, and some prayer, some thought. You thinking in your world of influence how you could actually be a blessing to someone. Not just how you could receive from someone. Oh, I know that guy. He could get me a deal. He sells cars. He could get me, maybe he can give me a deal and buy me a car. Oh, that girl does hair now. You know, maybe she can get me a deal and not charge me 180 bucks. Maybe she can charge me 80 bucks. Right, ladies? <clears throat> Come on. We're all looking for how we can receive. But when was the last time we thought, how can I be a blessing to someone else in my world? In my world, in the world God has given me to steward, the world God has given me to oversee, the world God has given me on lend, on a loan, that I'll answer for someday, where am I thinking about how I can move into a generous way in Jesus' name? Here's number two. Growing your world is being committed to seeing who is actually in your world. It's being committed to seeing who's in your world. You have to be intentional about seeing who's in your world. Have you ever had a moment where <laughs> you're hanging out with people? This may be too much for church. This may be too much. For, I don't know. There was a time where I used to get into trouble. And I used to get into trouble not because I was a bad person. I just would hang out with stupid people. And I'm not talking about trouble that's like, I'm talking about like I could go to jail trouble just for being around these people. Right? It's a long time ago. A couple weeks ago at least. But, you know, <laughs> put it all behind me now. I'm all done. That's, that's in the past. And I remember just being around certain people, getting stopped by the cops, being involved with them, the sweat that would be pouring down my forehead. First of all, my parents find out about this. Secondly, if I go to jail for being even associated with people like this. Some of y'all are sweating right now because you think, I hope he's not talking about me. Do we used to hang out, Daniel? Maybe. <clears throat> just being around people, who were in my, I remember as I got older, I started to get closer to God. I started to take notice, not just of people who weren't good for me, obviously, so you don't go to jail, but people who weren't good for my family. People who weren't good for my spouse. People who aren't good for my kids. See, we have to learn how to have boundaries. If we're going to be generous, we also have to learn how to have boundaries in creating an environment where people can grow in our world. Our world doesn't shrink because people are in it. Other people's world increases because they're around us. They're around our family. They're around our way of thinking. We do things different. We follow God's ways. Does this make sense? Growing your world is being committed to seeing who is in your world. Do you see the people that you're walking with in this season of life? Proverbs 13 says, walk with the wise and you become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. Proverbs 12 says, the righteous choose their friends carefully. They choose them. They don't just float into my life. At some point, I choose them. Remember when you were a little kid and you would go to the swimming pool and you'd show up and you didn't know anybody and you'd start swimming with somebody and talking to them before you know what, five hours goes by. You're sitting there eating nachos with them, hot dogs. They became your best friend. Right? That's all great. You know, that would be great if that could work out as adults in every arena of life. But when you get older... You actually have to know who you're hanging around. You actually have to choose your friends carefully. So what this is saying is that there's supposed to be some intentionality in our world when it comes to who we're building in our world. Does this make sense? This is, for some of you, this is what, this is what you're going to remember the whole message right here. This is what I'm about to say. Part of life is outgrowing people. For some of you, you're like, let's just say amen and go to lunch, Right? 
part of life is outgrowing people. Not outgrowing them in a way of discarding them or looking down on them. It's just realizing where you're going, where you're called, where your family is called, where your life is being pointed, the direction your life is being pointed in. I want to encourage you to surround yourself with encouraging people, not negative people. Surround yourself with generous people, people who think big. People who are thinking bigger about God's kingdom. People who are thinking big about God's church. People who are thinking big about making a difference in the world. People who are thinking big. Come on. Your life is already surrounded by people who obviously have need. You're making a difference to them. But who's lifting you up? Who's enlarging your world? You're enlarging someone else's world, but who's enlarging your world? Who's helping you think bigger? Who's helping you learn how to see the way God sees? Does this make sense? Is this helping you? Seeing people around you is important. Proverbs 22 verse 9 says this. He that has a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. Now, when you look at that phrase, bountiful eye, what it actually means in Hebrew is it says someone, it's, it's a phrase that they use called the good eye. Kind of like we talk about the evil eye, right? Husbands like you get or future husbands like you already get or your mama used to give you the evil eye, right? There's the good eye. And the good eye is defined as he who looks upon the wants and the miseries of others with compassion and kindness. So here Proverbs is saying, he that has a bountiful eye, a good eye, an eye that looks upon the wants and the miseries of others with compassion and kindness, he shall be blessed. Which means we're supposed to have sight to see people in that condition. People in our world. Come on, it's easy to see the problems of the world. Who's in your world, though? Where can you make a difference? What's interesting, it says, for he gives up his bread to the poor. In other words, he doesn't say, geez, man, somebody should do something about this poor guy. Sucks for him. Hope he has somebody to help him in his life. No, for he gives up his bread, which echoes what we see in Old Testament Christianity and New Testament Christianity about setting aside something from what we've received to give unto those in need. To give into God's kingdom, to give to the local church, to give in making a difference, to put aside something. It says he gives of his bread, which means there is some for you but there is some for somebody else. And when we think about it, people who are poor, it's not just speaking to people who are poor financially. There are people who are poor in spirit. And you generously can give encouragement to them. There's people who are poor when it comes to how they've been built up or not been built up in life. And they've been torn down and ripped apart. And you can show kindness by giving of what you have received unto others. Is this making sense? If you're going to live in a large world, if you're going to live in in a world of God possibilities and God open doors and and all these things that we're praying, God open this door, God open that door, God, God make this way clear, bless this, make that pathway. Why would he want to send someone stingy down that pathway to represent him? Can we think about that this morning? He wouldn't want to. He wants us to see and think generously. See and think generously. Number three, growing your world is learning how to give where you're used to withholding. Growing your world is learning how to give in places in your life where you're really used to withholding. 
This is what I learned. The, the, the tighter I hold on to something, the more I'm asking God to let that thing become my idol. The tighter, the thing that becomes so difficult for me to let go of, trust, forgiveness, encouragement, money, blessing, generosity, kind words, the thing that I just, I, I just can't do it. See, the reason we can't do it a lot of times is because we've been hurt or taken advantage of in an area like that. So we have all these stipulations about money. Well, you don't want to give because, you know, th- th- we, this has happened and, and that happened. And I, I don't want to give him that because, you know, last time he didn't spend the money right. Well, yeah, he didn't. But you could still be generous. Well, you know, I don't want to forgive because last time you can forgive without having to trust and give them the keys to the kingdom again. You could still forgive. You can be generous with forgiveness. You can give people the benefit of the doubt. And if you know they're going to prove them wrong, well, then let them prove you wrong. But at least you forgave them and you didn't hold them to it. And you're not holding judgment over them. That way someone's not holding judgment over you. See, we can look at this guy with holding this cup of coffee. And for us, it's easy for us because we can look at this guy and say, what an idiot, man. How cheap. Blew a whole deal. How could he not see that that was cheap? How could he not see how stupid and stingy and small-minded that was? How could he not see because he can't see. What are the things that we can't see that we're being stingy about? The things where we're not committed to generosity, the places where we're not generous. <clears throat> see, it may not be a cup of coffee for you, but it, it may be finances. It may be kindness. It may be trust. See, look at your world and find out as you do some examination, where do you withhold? Where is it that you withhold that you know could make a difference, but everything in you, because of hurt, because of what happened, because you've been taken advantage of, maybe you're fearful, whatever, is keeping you from actually being generous in the way God has called you to be. I believe this in life. We should hold on to everything, no matter what it is. Hold on to it loosely. If God wants it, it's his. God wants it as his. I watch people lose their business and literally as they literally wash their hands of it, literally say these words, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Lost their entire business and meant it. That's pretty powerful. To be so unattached to something that you've given your life to that you can trust God in the midst of it being taken away from you. Proverbs 20, uh, I'm sorry, 327 says, do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to help them. If you can help your neighbor now, don't say, come back tomorrow and then I'll help you. Isn't that a powerful thought? Don't withhold good. In other words, if there's an opportunity to do good for someone, to be generous in a way that enlarges your world, expands their world, blesses their world, don't withhold good from those who deserve it. When it's in your power to help them. If it's in your power to be a blessing to someone. If it's in your power to be generous. I'm telling you, the world is always looking out for itself. As God's people, we're to be looking out for others. Finding ways in which we can be a blessing. I've never said this before, but I'll say it today. 20 years I've been doing this. If you can go to lunch with me. And you can get your credit card into the machine before I do. You're pretty lucky and you're pretty fast. 
Because I'll just buy your lunch or your coffee. I've done it for, I've done it all my life. You know why I did it? Because a spiritual mentor encouraged me to do that in order to grow and learn under other spiritual mentors. I said, I want to grow. And he goes, well, I said, how do I grow? And he said, take people that are wise out for lunch. Buy them lunch. Buy them coffee. Pick their brain. Learn what they know about life. Learn what they know about business. Learn what they know about marriage. Some people in here would go to lunch with them and then ask to check to be split or expect the mentor to pay for the bill. And that's why your world stays small. That's why your world, I offended someone right now. That's why your world stays stingy. Your world is staying small because you expect someone else, you're entitled to someone else bringing into your life what God has called you to sow in faith and be a blessing to someone else for. Does this make sense? Some people go through their entire life withholding. I met a guy when I was working out at the... at the gym one time. It's been a long time since I've been in the gym, just clarified. And I was working out, and this guy I was doing CrossFit with, and I remember he, he, he told me, this weekend I'm going out of town, and um, I'm going to meet my wife's, he was black, she was white. He said, I want to meet my wife's, my wife's father. Because 17 years ago when we got married, he didn't want anything to do with me when he knew that I was black. I said, and y'all have, y'all have grandkids. Yeah, yeah, he, we've got grandkids. I said, 17 years he's held on to that stupidity? Like 17, like, okay, be mad for, okay, she married, it's done. Get, get over it, deal with it, right? That's what my thinking would be. That would be kind of like, it's done. 17 years he withheld. What a small world he built for himself. What a small, stupid, small thinking, small-minded, selfish non-generous. Now, the good news is, is he changed and he made an apology and he made things right and he saw the error of his ways. But how much life did he miss out on for 17 years with his grandkids, with his daughter who he broke her heart, with his son-in-law who's an amazing man? Like, come on, do you see how some of the stingiest things in life can cause people to shrink their world down to something small? See, the worst part of it is that guy didn't see he was losing a deal. He thought he was going to make four bucks off a cup of coffee. That's what he thought. But the sad thing is, he couldn't see he was actually losing out on so much more. I want to close with this. Second Corinthians says, the point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. I want to encourage us this morning to be people and to be a church that is always looking forward at how we can be a blessing to people. I want to encourage us to think about not just how much we're making this year. When the calendar year comes up and it's like, how much did we make this year? I want you to ask this question, how much did we give this year? How much is a single person or as a married person or as a mom or as a dad or as a business owner? How much did I give from my business? How much did I give from my home? How much did I give from my income? How much did I give? And actually do the budget, do the calculation and find out, can this area of my life get larger? Because here's the thing. If we sow sparingly, we're going to reap sparingly. If we sow bountifully, if we sow generously, we're going to reap generously. Amen. Come on, let's pray. If you would like the most up-to-date information about Grace Avenue Church, or you are looking for a way to support this ministry, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks for listening.